Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Sup, girl. <laughs> I don't know the last time I said sup. Probably seventh grade. So here we go. <laughs> In today's episode, I want to talk about a question I get asked a lot. And this is a simple one, but it's super duper important. And that question is, how do you be authentic on social media? I actually am currently looking at a response that I got to a question. Um, I posted a question not too long ago that was basically like, when it comes to social media and using it intentionally, where do you get stuck? And this one of my gals that I absolutely love, but she responded, she said, I hate how curated and perfect everything has to look to use it for marketing. Just want to be real. Oh, I feel you, sister. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know, Own Your Everyday is coming out. I know I talk about this all the time, but I'm telling you, sister, this book has the power to be so life-changing and so life-giving for you. And I just really, really believe in it. means the world to me. If you haven't pre-ordered yet, please do. When you do, you get a coaching course from me where we are sifting through your best ideas and prioritizing your projects and your passions and really helping you kind of hone in on what am I even really made to do. And you're also going to get early access so you can start reading right away. You get the first two chapters when you pre-order. You get 20% off something in the Soul Script shop or off one of my resources of your choice. Just pick something and take 20% off. You'll get a special code made for you when you pre-order and you also get what's the last thing you get oh you get a secret podcast episode where I share all the behind the scenes details of this story how this book came about how it came to be so if you haven't had a chance to pre-order make sure you do that and then just go to jordanleedooley.com slash o-y-e dash freebies we'll put that in the show notes so you can click the description and then click the link so you can go grab your bonuses as soon as you pre-order all right that's all I have on the book I don't want to bombard you I know I talk about it all the time but I'm proud of it I believe in it and I know it can change your life so sorry if you're tired of hearing about it (laughs) all right we are gonna dive into this episode get ready we're talking all about how to be authentic on social media You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, friend, I am so excited for this episode because I have a little bit of a different take than maybe you've seen online, and I have learned so much. I've been at this social media game now for several years. I've really tried to tune into what works, what doesn't work, and not only that, but why am I doing what I'm doing? I 
you know, I totally believe in strategy, but I think sometimes we can get caught up in what's working, what's not working, that we begin to jump on bandwagons, then really focus on what actually matters and why we do the things that we do. So I have a couple different, um, I've about three I guess, points for you today. So if you want to take notes, go for it. If you're driving, wouldn't suggest it. Um, but this is hopefully going to be helpful and maybe a little bit different advice than you've received before. Um, because I know it can be so hard to, to really figure that out. Um, how do I be real without revealing too much, right? Like how do I not necessarily put my entire private life out there or air out all my dirty laundry, but still connect and still relate and still serve and still be as real as I can. So I'm going to give you a refreshing uh, reality check when it comes to this thing and also why I do certain things the way that I have. Um, I'll start with going back to the beginning. It was my I really started to grow my online brand in 2015. And at first it was definitely kind of accidental. Um, but 2015 is where things really started to take off. And I started to share a little bit more about lessons I was learning in life and things that I was doing and opening up on social media about certain things. And I started to get comments and, you know, just try to really be as transparent as I could um, where it was appropriate. And I've had to kind of learn the art of that. There's definitely been times where I didn't do that very well or maybe revealed too much or wasn't very wise about what I shared. So this is coming from a girl who has learned a lot of these lessons the hard way um, and who's also done things maybe a little bit differently than you've seen. So in 2015, again, like I said, my social media platforms started to grow. And one of the reasons that they started to grow was because A, the algorithms were a little bit different, but that doesn't mean you can't grow now. Um, But B, because I would write things. I mean, I didn't have like a big audience by any means, but I would write things that I was learning or share a lesson that I learned the hard way after totally failing at something or something God was teaching me or something like that. And these posts would pick up steam. Like I wasn't sitting there like, how can I be the most authentic and be super real and really inspire people? Hashtag live authentic. No, I was literally just sharing things I was learning in my life with my small little audience. And then what started to happen is especially on Facebook. This is why I've said I'm a big believer in Facebook still because of the share factor. I know you can share on Instagram, but it's just not the same. Anyways, um, so, you know, I would share these little articles with my like 400 Facebook followers or whatever, and then they would start sharing them with their friends. And then next thing I knew, things just started to grow. And I'm like, well, dang, people are really resonating with this. Um, I've noticed in the last several years, though, I mean, that definitely caused a lot of growth for me. But what I've noticed in the last several years is now it seems like everybody wants to get on the real bandwagon. Like I've almost like, have we become fake about being real (laughs) and kind of perfected the idea of being imperfect, if that makes sense, like this whole live authentic trend. I'm like, what's weird to me is it wasn't trendy or cool or like applauded when I first started doing it, at least not that I was aware of. I just wasn't even trying to do it. I wasn't trying to brand myself as the super real girl. Um, I wasn't trying to, you know, force this authenticity that I think sometimes we can even wonder if it's really that authentic on social media. I was just sharing what was on my heart, not trying to be anything I wasn't, not trying to be more real than somebody else, just sharing what was there. And now I think what's interesting is that, people started to catch on to like, oh, that actually works. I mean, I realized like, oh, wow, that helped grow my brand without even trying to build a brand. Like I was just, you know, doing a little side hustle in college in my last year of college. Um, And so what's crazy to me is, you know, so many people have now like business experts will be like, that's the biggest tip. They're like, you have to be authentic on social media. You have to be real. You have to be personal. Like that's what will grow your brand. 
And from personal experience, I can say 100% that's true. But where the pickle is, is I think (laughs) um, now that it's like so trendy, everyone's trying to be real that I'm like, is it even real? You know, and it's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing. I don't even quite know how to describe it. And the reason I bring that up is because I will say like it is important to be authentic on social media. Absolutely. As much as you can. But when that becomes a branding strategy beyond just, I don't know, it's it's just kind of hard. Like it's, you just have to accept the fact. I think this is the best way I can say it. You have to accept the fact that no matter how imperfect the photo is, no matter how transparent the caption is, you can only be so real, in air quotes, on social media. Because it is a single moment of time. It is a is a curated, planned caption, right? Like what you see when you're sitting in person with me in the flesh, right? Like in real life, when I'm actually a mess, when I'm stressed out, when I'm in a grumpy mood, like that's when you're going to get the most real experience with someone. But I think we've all bought into this lie that if we can just post the makeup list selfie, we're somehow going to be able to brand ourselves as real. And I'm like, I don't think that's the secret. And to be honest, like, if, I mean, I've shared makeup list selfies. I've talked about my skin, my acne, but I want to emphasize something that you need to hear because I don't feel like anyone is saying it. And it's this, don't brand yourself as real. Don't brand yourself as the girl who is authentic on social media. Because here's the thing, friends. I mean, this is funny. I I get a little bit fired up about this because it's so interesting for me to observe. Um, Again, I will always advise that you be as transparent and as, you know, find things to relate to your audience about, but be so intentional about how you do it. Because here's the thing, and I think this is why it's worked for me. If you look at my social media, if you look at my brand and what I do, you will find that a lot of people will comment on my posts or send me emails or whatever. And they're like, thank you so much for your honesty. It's so refreshing to have someone that's real and genuine and et cetera, et cetera. And it's so encouraging for me to read those messages. But you need to realize that it's other people saying those things. I never, I mean, maybe once or twice over the last several years, but I've never actually tried to brand myself as the girl who's always really real. I've never said, I'm just going to always be real or I'm, you know, trying to be authentic online or I've seen this so many times. People like pride themselves on how authentic they can be or how real or how, you know, imperfectly but perfectly curatedly messy they can be. And it's like, what? Like, I think we need to get it through our brains (laughs) that we can only be so honest and so real online. And we actually have to be careful about how real we are online because we could hurt family members. We could hurt important relationships. Like we could really screw ourselves over if we're not smart about it. Right. So, and I've done that. I mean, I've made mistakes. So I've been so intentional, especially in this season and this time of human history and this social media space where I feel like so many people, um, like pride themselves on being real or they say like, I'm real, I'm real, I'm real. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of look at it like if you have to say that you're real, are you like, you shouldn't have to say that people should be able to feel that from you. People should be able to, you know, tell that you're genuine as much as you can from a social media space, from a screen, which is only so real to begin with. Like it's digital, you guys, like we're not in real life. So for me, I guess I just take the approach of, you know, I don't think it's wrong for people to say that they want to be real online. I truly believe like the intention is good. And I think that they do really great jobs doing that. Anyone who does, but I've just always been like, you know what? I want to be careful about not promising that. I want to be careful about not trying to make that like what my brand pivots on. 
because that should just come through. Like whether I'm talking about business or family or faith or book writing, like it should just be obvious. Like if I'm genuinely coming from as, from as genuine of a place that you can when you're posting online, um, because the fact of the matter is if you're using it to as a tool to reach, captivate, educate, you know, encourage people, then there has to be an element of like curation and planning and strategy. You can't just like slap stuff up, stuff up there and hope that it works. Like I don't know about any industry, whether it's, you know, medical or social media or something else where you can just throw spaghetti at the wall and hope that it works. So that's why I say you can only be so real on social media. Being authentic or creating elements of connection and relationship and relatability is what will help you grow. That is a strategy, quote unquote, that works. But the whole like trend of it kind of is weird to me. And I think so many people are aiming to be real on social media that either they hurt themselves or they shoot themselves in the foot or they almost try to promote that so much that people know, like you probably took 15 of those makeup selfies to get the right one. I'll be straight up and tell you guys, there's been a time where we had a picture of my acne and I was like, that angle's super like weird or there's a weird shadow. Let's do it again. Like it wasn't just the quick photo that I snapped and it rarely is. So let's just talk about that, you know? So That's why to me, it's like, I want to be open about certain, you know, challenges that I face so that you can relate and we can build a relationship, but I'm never gonna, you know, or at least I've had to learn the hard way. Don't brand yourself as the real girl that you're just digging yourself in a hole because why? Like, what if there's a season where you can't be super transparent, where you have to hide certain things because of legal matters or personal matters or relationship stuff? Like, now suddenly you've branded yourself as the real, authentic, relatable girl vocally. If that comes through your brand and people, you know, kind of gather that from what you do and they say it like, great, you've done a good job then because you're actually just showing up in a genuine way. But if you have to put that label on yourself, if you have to promote that, I think you're actually hurting yourself because you're actually now creating an obligation and an expectation in your reader or your audience that kind of hurts you because there will be seasons like I've gone through seasons where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be less deep, less vulnerable online. Like I'm not going to share as much detail because I'm going through a hard season right now. And so I'm just going to keep it a little bit lighter. And yes, people were like still had expectations, but it wasn't like I had branded myself as the girl who tells you everything all the time. People just take that away. Like you're genuine or you're sharing real things or I appreciate your honesty, you know, but I never promise that. I never promise that I'm always going to be honest. I never brand myself as the girl who always lives authentic. Like I will in my real life, obviously. I think we're all real in our real lives, but we all have to kind of have a reality check that there's only so much you can do to be real online. And when you have to force it or vocalize it or promote it, is it even real to begin with? We all know it's only so real because it's social media. So that's one big piece of advice that I want to tell every woman and shout it from the mountaintops because I think we feel like we have to air out our dirty laundry now on social media because it's cool and it gets likes and it gets traction and people tell us to brand ourselves with all the personal details. And that is a lot of freaking pressure, is it not? You know, I'm like, some days I can't do that and I don't want to do that. I still need to show up and serve my audience and, you know, educate and help them with the, you know, problem solving. But man, it's already enough pressure to show up on social media. Let's not like brand ourselves as the people who promise to be real 24 seven when there is probably going to be seasons of life where we can't do that so well. So let other people um, kind of infer that from what you do and sense your genuineness and see that as much as it might be a curated feed or whatever, that you are a genuine person and that you genuinely care to serve and help and love them. So that needs to be point numero uno. Point number two, 
when it comes to being authentic on social media, this kind of ropes in what I was saying about point number one, but you don't have to air out all your dirty laundry to be authentic and to be transparent, okay? You don't have to tell everything you struggle with and every problem you have in your marriage and every, you know, thing that you've done wrong. Pick a couple things. Pick a couple things that aren't, that are safe, but that are still honest. So maybe you struggle with anxiety or maybe you struggle with body image or maybe you um, have a favorite food that's kind of out there. Maybe you love anchovies. I don't know, like something random, right? Um, Think of people that you follow online that kind of have a thing that you can grab onto. Like I talk about cystic acne, right? Like having an acne challenge. And I also talk about my chickens, kind of just silly little things that kind of make it, I'm not trying to say, I'm real, look, I have chickens and acne, right? I'm not like proclaiming it from the mountaintops, but I share about my chickens, right? And that kind of makes it like, okay, you're just like, you're just a goofball who has chickens. And there's some element of like, I think relatability there. At least people have told me that. Or my other little thing is I talk about sharing the journey with acne, not to make that my entire brand and make everyone think I'm so real, but because that creates an element of relatability. I think that's the biggest thing is you don't have to be raw and real all the time because you don't owe that to anybody, sister, but you can be intentional about finding a few things that would relate to your target demographic or your target audience. You can pick two or three things that are unique to you that are kind of simple and relatable or a personal character flaw. Like I think it's important to figure out like not character flaw, like you're dishonest, but more like, you know, what's the thing that you are struggling with, whether that's self-confidence in your body image or, um, you know, maybe a failure that you experienced in your business or, you know, something like that, that's still surface level enough and relatable enough to a, a wider group of people. But you don't necessarily need to be like, everyone, my marriage is crumbling in order to be authentic. Okay. Like, <laughs> like have a little discernment. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, so having some sort of like relate, relatable flaw that, you know, other women or other people in your target audience struggle with, because, and the reason that you can share that isn't to be coming up with a flaw. It's because that's probably what's inspiring you to love and encourage and serve them. Right. And you can offer them solutions as you find solutions. So it's not like, forced or weird. You know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of times people will build businesses based off of their failures. They'll say, I made these huge mistakes when building my videography business or my coaching business. So now I'm turning around and teaching other coaches how not to do those mistakes. Right. Or I really struggled to find, you know, I don't know if you know the brand Ever Eve. Um, Ever Eve is a clothing brand and they basically started to like the founder would go shopping with her kids. I remember hearing this story at a business conference and she was, you know, so frustrated after a really poor shopping experience because her kids were grumpy and whiny. She had no help. She didn't find any of the clothes she needed. And she walked away feeling so discouraged, you know, and her body was, you know, still coming back from having kids and just felt kind of like, you know, and um, so she created a brand to give moms. It originally was really targeted towards moms. It's definitely expanded now, but they created a brand focused on giving moms an awesome shopping experience. They had entertainment for the kids in the stores. They gave moms a personal stylist to really help her pick outfits and put something together that works for her body, right? So she solved a problem based on her pain point. So that pain point immediately makes her relatable and authentic, right? Because it's an honest struggle that so many moms experience, but it also, you know, um, allowed her to not only relate to her audience and solve a problem for them, but create a business and a brand around that problem that she experienced herself. So, you know, weaving those into your brand, even if it's not your entire brand, 
just one or two things that you've come up against or that have been a battle for you that you can share about and provide solutions to your audience or your demographic with immediately makes you authentic and relatable, even if you still have to curate a social media feed because that's part of it. (laughs) Um, That's part of using these tools, right? You don't just like just throw things together. And if you really truly see it as a tool, you know, and not just a space to hang out and play. So if you're using it as a means to an end and as a tool, then that's something you need to think of. And so I guess the best thing for this whole second tip is pick one to three things that are unique or memorable about you that others can relate to or make you approachable. So for me, that's chickens. (laughs) Um, For me, that's cystic acne, things like that. So what is that for you? How can you weave that into your brand and then not feel like you have to air out all your struggles? There's going to be times where you're going to be more open to being honest. Like I've opened up about struggles I have, I've had with my faith over the last year or so, just like doubtful seasons and deserts I've walked through. And, you know, I wasn't sharing that because I felt like I needed to prove something or be super real. But just because as I started to kind of come out of that fog, I was like, gosh, so many girls reach out to me like, how are you so strong in your faith all the time? And I was like, okay, here's the thing. You need to know you're not alone. So there's times where you can sprinkle that stuff in and help people remember that you're a human too, but it takes the pressure off when you don't brand yourself that way or feel the pressure or the obligation to constantly share about that all the time. Pick a couple things, weave those in throughout your story, and that will immediately make people like you. That makes you approachable. It makes you, you know, real enough or relatable enough without having to air out all of your family's dirty laundry and tell every little thing in your heart and your mind. So just keep that in mind. I think that can be a really helpful guideline and keep you authentic and relatable in a way that is still safe and protective for you without the obligation. So last thing is a simple idea for, you know, creating connection with your audience. I think that's a better way to say it. Instead of trying to be like, I'm so real, look at me. You know, it's like, then you're just trying to prove you're real. I have such a problem with that. Um, But instead say, I want to create relationship. Okay. Difference between look at me, I'm real versus, Hey, look at you. How can I help you? And then build relationship with you, right? How can I create connection? So in a world that is now obsessed with being real online, I want you to take a little bit of a different route, find a couple things that you can share, but ultimately focus on building relationship because that's way longer lasting than being able to promote yourself as so real. So that said, when you get it, when you think about relationship, what do people in your actual relationship see? Well, they know the behind the scenes of what you're doing, right? They kind of see the imperfect progress, the scrappy beginnings, the, you know, challenges that you might face. And so to a degree, you can share those things. Again, that doesn't mean you have to air out all the deep emotional parts of your heart and the, you know, air out all your dirty laundry, but you can share the behind the scenes of like, the work scene. Right now, I actually just posted before I started um, recording this episode, we are in a very makeshift office. It's actually our guest bedroom. We have an office like where we go work and we have my assistant come to and everything, but (laughs) that space is not great for recording podcast episodes and or video because the outdoor, like the noise from the road is so loud. I'm like, why do 18 cement trucks have to drive past our office every day? It beats me. I don't know. I think they just don't want me to record in there. So (laughs) we decided, okay, we live out in the country. It's a quiet space. So recording wise, we're going to have to use our home. So we set up, we took a, we basically disassembled the guest bedroom. We have two like two little um, rooms that we didn't really know what to do with. So one of them, we were like, okay, we're going to get rid of the bed that's just sitting in there unused. And we're going to convert this into a studio, like a recording podcast video studio. So um, we took everything out and we're in the process of building this kind of simple set, just kind of a place to record so we can do video too. But right now I'm literally like shoved in the corner <laughs> looking at the walls. It's really glamorous um, in my 
big comfy sweatshirt and recording in a makeshift spot where it's just it's working it's not the most sustainable option but it's part of the progress to making improvements and so I just shared like a little behind the scenes like look I'm in our makeshift little spot and I just recorded this episode I'm about to record this one get excited so again it wasn't me saying like look how real I am just trying to keep it real da, 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 da. it was hey here's a behind the scenes look and I was actually focusing more on the content and the value that I was giving in the upcoming episode kind of doing an early sneak peek promo of that so the benefit of doing that is they get the behind the scenes right they like as a viewer it's like oh cool like kind of inside look but I'm not highlighting you know my my core focus of that piece of content even that little story post is not this is the behind the scenes look how real it is you know again you can share that now and then but I actually did it that's the that's the secondary focus. The primary focus is this is the podcast that I just recorded. This is the value you're going to get. This is what you're going to learn. Get excited. Oh, by the way, we're in this makeshift office, right? So even just positioning it like that and taking your people behind the scenes, showing the messy desktop now and then, but not for the sake of just being like, this is the messy desktop. <laughs> I'm like, why should I care? I have a messy desktop too. Like, I think we all are aware that there are real behind the scenes. I think we've now gotten to this place with social media that we know it's not what you see online, but at the same time, we can still be authentic and open and be, you know, share those behind the scenes moments, but with intention, with you know, what's the value here? Like it first, it can, it can definitely inspire someone or encourage them to realize, okay, cool. Like the girl I follow online who has this really pretty profile, she's got a mess behind the scenes too. Woo. Okay. Relief. But if that's all it's doing, it's going to lose steam and it's going to get caught in the mess of everyone else that's been trying to do that and been told by business coaches and people online to do that too, because that's, you know, smart for your brand. So I suggest (laughs) do that. Yes. That creates the relatability, the connection. Sure but take it a step further. Take it a step further by focusing on what's the value or the lesson. Why are you going behind the scenes and what are you actually going to be offering them? Like, why is your desk a mess? Instead of saying, hey, my desk is a mess, you're not alone. How about my desk is a mess, I'm with you, sister, if your life is chaos too, but here's why. I am creating this incredible project to help you solve this pain point, this pain point, and this pain point, or to help you improve X, Y, and Z, right? If you're doing that, immediately it's like, okay, cool, not only is there an an element of relatability or, you know, kind of mutual humanness established, which is always smart to do. I even did that in the beginning of my book. It's like, hang on, before you have any assumptions about who you're reading from, here's what you need to know. That's okay. You should do that. That's important for being authentic in this space, as authentic as you can be. Again, there's always going to be limits when you're not in person with someone and seeing them in their day-to-day life. That's just reality. However, if you can show that reality and then give a little bit of a why or a how or a story, right? Like I would post a behind the scenes kind of image of creating the book, right? Like not only do you need to see the bigger picture and realize this book didn't just like pop out of thin air. There's been years of blood, sweat, and tears and everything that's gone into it. But then I can turn around and either offer value and talk about like why I believe in this book and what what this behind the scenes ultimately led to, or I can take it a different direction and use it as a lesson, not just an encouragement, but a lesson to the girl who might be in those trenches in the years of creating something or building someone that something that literally no one else knows about. You can't even talk about it yet. Most of the time you're writing a book. It's like this secret behind the scenes. No one has affirmed it yet. No one has confirmed it. No one's heard about it. And you're just praying and hoping it's the right thing and that you 
you just need to keep your head down and keep going, right? So I could take it both those directions, but both of those directions offer more value than if I just said, hey girl, like this is the behind the scenes of the book in case you're wondering and it's super real and it's just not glamorous and da 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 It's like, unless there's a clear takeaway and lesson that can apply to a target demographic, right? It's the person who might be working on a project of her own and needs a lesson or to see what she needs to focus on and how to keep your head down and give a couple tips for that. Or on the flip side, why does this behind the scenes matter and what value is that now gonna be able to offer your audience? If you don't have either of those things, it's just like a kind of, I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of an empty effort to prove that you're real and you have nothing to prove, sis. Like you literally don't have to prove to the internet world and a bunch of strangers that you're so real. You are real. You are a living, breathing human being with challenges, with flaws, on the struggle bus like all of us, right? And that should just kind of naturally come through what you share but don't feel the pressure to constantly share it or make it your entire brand because then that kind of starts to detract from the actual meat and value and tools and resources you can offer people through intentional marketing, through intentional conversation and connection and communication and being able to sprinkle in some of those things that make you approachable and you know kind of establish a, some mutual humanness, some common ground in your mutual humanity, right? Like I have chickens or I struggle with body image or I have cystic acne, like those can be woven in and you can do that intentionally and strategically without feeling like you just have to air out your dirty laundry to the world just to be real. So I just want to encourage you to remember it's not about likes. Engagement matters and I'm going to give you more tips on that but I think we often focus on creating content that is maybe popular or trendy or that seems to be working for other people rather than really focusing on engaging content that actually creates value, solves a problem, or helps educate our audience on what they need to focus on or shift their mindset or take a step on or do. So I guess that's why I really wanted to create this episode because I think there's a lot of encouragement out there right now, especially in the online social media business space to be real and personal and all these things. And that's so true. But I want to encourage you that there are ways to do it without feeling like you're revealing too much. You can still build relationship with your audience, invite them into your world a bit, while still offering them value rather than making the value just how real you are. I've made mistakes with that. There's been times in my brand building that, you know, I was like, okay, cool. People are just following because they feel like they relate with me. But then I kind of sat down one day. I'm like, and what's the value of that? Like, cool. They feel connected to me, but that's about it. Like I need to create actual tools. That's why I've made a lot of shifts in my brand. I was like, Okay, I have to actually remember that I have to give them real value, things they can implement in their small businesses, in the things that they are made to do, which is steward their relationships, you know, be intentional with their business, et cetera. And so how can I, instead of just opening up all the time, like actually give true lessons actually equip them with action steps that they can take. So these are really three action steps you can take in this area when it comes to your social media, whether you are YouTube, YouTube, I can't speak, whether you are YouTuber or trying to be a YouTuber, or if you're just using Instagram for your personal brand or your business, or even if you have a shop and you want to show some behind the scenes or kind of give some founder stories. That's one thing we really implemented in the Soul Scripts brand. The more that we kind of really built that out as its own kind of sub brand of everything else I do. You know, my team helps run that and it's been so helpful because I love that brand, but I'm building so many things that it allowed me to be a little bit more hands off. But in order to maintain that element of, you know, 
connection and relationship, we do a couple different things there without me having to come on and be like, hey guys, like here's where I'm struggling all the time, right? But we do like a, a from the founder Friday post a lot of the time, or we'll have like, you know, s- the story behind the brand or how it got started. And we'll make posts like that, or we'll do meeting Mondays. So what does your brokenness is welcome here? That's kind of the staple tagline and mission of that shop and that community and the resources that are there, you know, what does this mean to you? Or how did you grow from this? How have, what stories have you had of, you know, we've had women reach out to us. Like I was at the grocery store and this man came up to me and, you know, he read my sweatshirt and he said, he's been an alcoholic for this many years. And that hearing, reading that is the first time he's seen a message like that in a really long time. He's normally like pushed aside or judged or whatever. So he was so impacted by that, that she got to love on him and encourage him. And so, you know, we hear stories like that all the time and getting to share even those little blips throughout the other, you know, promotions that we share, new restocks or, you know, new releases or, um, product launches or whatever it is. Um, you know, just weaving that in and allowing the story and the why to come through kind of the background and then also the mission and the clarity as to, you know, stories and how this relates with other people creates this element of connection and network and unitedness, you know, or unity, I guess is the word. (laughs) Um, Just even in a clothing brand and in a brand that has, you know, um, resources for women to grow in their faith. I mean, that's kind of like a unique hybrid, but we've done it in such a way that women feel connected to it. Women feel connected to each other because we've given them ways to connect to each other. So that's another thing I think to remember that regardless of what kind of page you're running or brand you're running you have to remember like having and being authentic on social media again it's not about how real just you are it's about the relationships that you're cultivating and building which isn't just you to your customer or you to your audience it's your audience or your customers to each other why are they connected what's the common vision why should they care that's so huge and we so often forget that because we're so focused on well, being real gets a lot of likes on Instagram. It's like, yeah, sometimes, but the longer term payoff is going to come when you also extend that to building relationship and network within your brand, not just you to consumer, but consumer to consumer. That's, I mean, I was listening to this episode. I believe it was, um, I think it was on story brand podcast or something like that, but they were interviewing someone and they basically explained the difference in having, you know, a communal element in a brand versus like an audience element. So they compared Facebook and Buzzfeed and they were like, look, Facebook and Buzzfeed were both launched at the same time. Okay. But Facebook is like a bajillion dollar company and, and Buzzfeed is like a $10 million company or something like that. Like basically why are they so different? Like why is one so much more valuable than the other? And they really kind of pointed out the network effect element of Facebook, how people feel connected, how it's built on relationships, not watching, you know, a writer from a platform or just consuming, but having no connection within the audience. And I'm going to talk more about that in a different episode and how you can really kind of create a network effect um, within your niche, within your brand to really kind of grow your brand and your social media. But beyond that, I just want you to think about, are you creating conversation on your page? Are you giving people the tools that they need to connect with each other, even just in the comment section or to connect with you? Even if you get four comments of a photo, like that's still four people, you know? So I think the better way to be authentic is to focus more on relationship than being real and not just you to your consumer or your audience, but in such a way that stewards a common mentality, a common like understanding, an element of relatability and common ground within those who consume your content? What are they all kind of similarly passionate about? 
or what do they share in common and how can you highlight those things through the pain points you talk about, through the resources you share, through the stories you tell, and even through how you highlight them and connect them or encourage them even just in the comments section. So those are just a few tips on how to be strategically authentic on social media without (laughs) feeling the pressure to be so real all the time everywhere. So implement these things. I'll do a quick recap just to make sure that you got them all. So the first thing is don't brand yourself as real. Just focus more on relationship and that network effect will be built. Um, if you you know are trying to find how can I be authentic and bring in authenticity to my brand and an element of relatability so I can build those relationships without airing out all my dirty laundry, then the second thing is to pick one to three things. What are your things? Okay, try to brainstorm those that people can relate to. Chickens, cystic acne. Some people, I, I think, you know, online they say I, I'm the extra guac girl or I have a dance party. I mean, my friend Lindsay Roman, if you don't follow her on Instagram, check her out. She's hilarious. Lindsay Roman and Evie Rupp. Shout out to my girls. I just think they are brand geniuses and they're so good about creating connection with their audience. They have like dance-offs on their Instagram stories. So their thing is like dancing like a total goofball and they're not trying to be like actually fancy dancers. They just dance to be fun and it makes like people feel like, okay, if you can kind of let loose and have a fun time and, you know, be goofy and embarrass yourself online, like I can too. And so that's a big part, like even their course and workshops that they have for photographers, their entire like promo video is them like dancing around and jumping around. It's like, it's part of, you know, it's not taking away from the actual content, but it creates this just unique element instead of being like, here's why we're professional and all the things we can help you with. Like they don't have to tell every struggle they have to create an element of authenticity and relatability. So think about your thing. Is it dancing? Is it, you know, your pet chinchilla? Is it that you love um, a certain kind of beverage? Maybe you put peanut butter on bananas. Maybe you, I don't know, like what's your couple of things that you can kind of consistently share throughout that makes people be like, ah, that's kind of interesting. And oh my gosh, I totally relate to that. Or like you like weird food too, you know? So, um, pick your one to three things that people can relate to and then be very intentional about you, how you do your behind the scenes. Make sure it's so that you can either teach a lesson or, you know, motivate and teach a lesson to someone else who might be in the same situation or on the flip side, kind of give the why the behind the scenes even matters, telling them about the value that this kind of behind the scenes in the trenches work is creating for them, why they should care. Otherwise they're just like, okay, good for you. You have a messy office, right? So even just those three mindset shifts and simple changes as to how you approach being real or being as authentic as you can online, which is all ultimately curated. It's a space to market, to sell, to communicate. Like you have to do that effectively. You have to play to the human spirit that we are visual creatures. We need to be captivated by an image, um, you know, by something that flows well, that's clear. It's just how it works. There's a lot of noise. So if you're not captivating people, it's not going to work. So how do you blend those two things and how do you find that balance and still connect and create relationship and be real as much as you can without having to prove that you're real? Those are my three best tips. So I hope this helped you go implement it, go try it, go make these changes. If you need to make them, the pressure is off. You don't have to prove you're real. You already are real, my friend. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. 
I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.